Hi everyone, it's producer Maddie here. Um, it's been a long time. Uh, we're coming back from our hiatus and it uh, turns out when you go on hiatus, you should actually uh, finish editing and release all the episodes that you have saved up. So um, this episode was recorded on February 10th. So uh, some things are a little dated and uh, just pretend uh, it's a little time capsule. So uh, enjoy that. And also, um, this is some of the worst audio we have ever had on the podcast. And um, yeah, sounds like absolute garbage. But uh, it's also some of the most unhinged content we've ever re recorded. So um, we're going to release it in its current form. Uh, it sounds very bad. But it's also, in my opinion, very funny. And um, if you find it unlistenable, um, even more so than a normal episode, that's fine. Uh, we'll be back with new episodes soon. But uh, until then, here is Season 2, Episode 7. Can I say one thing about Dario Argento? Branton and I went to see... Uh, an Argento movie at the Cinematheque last year around the same time when Suspiria came out because they did like a whole program and um, a lot of his movies are done in Italian um, originally because he is Italian and they're dubbed over in English but this one had the original Italian master tapes like destroyed so and then the, like the sound on the English was like also damaged so it was half in like American accent. It was like partially in American accents, partially in British accents, and then also in Italian. But none of it like lined up properly with the like the speech. So like the actors would be obviously speaking English, but then the audio would be Italian, and like vice versa. And it was just so crazy. And then the movie ended with someone getting dragged behind a truck, and it was so awful. Oh my god. <laughs> But you didn't leave the theater to go barf in this one. No, but that was, like, really soon after we had seen Suspiria, and so I was, like, on high alert. You're really pushing it. <laughs> and just watching this man get, like, dragged behind this van, I was like, Ugh. At yes. least at the end of the movie. Yeah, true. Yeah, true. Your, your home stretch. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I couldn't do so that. So then the lights came on, and everyone saw how pale and queasy you were. Yeah, everyone saw me sweating. <laughs> Literally, when we saw Suspiria, I remember sitting there and thinking, I've never been so hot. <laughs> <laughs> Bad vibes. Anyway. Uh, I will simply never theater. watch Suspiria. I simply will never watch it. I can't finish it. No. It's good. I, the thing is, I don't... The only horror movies I've seen are, like, Get Out and, like, The Shining, kind of, and The Birds. Like, I don't watch horror movies so like i think i could do midsummer because i know what happens but like i can do like the like i mean some people quote said the lighthouse was horror so i guess you know i like horror movies but that was uh <laughs> silly was distinctly a, a comedy but okay yeah um yeah so i don't i don't think i could do suspiria but i've never really tried any so i have never been more viscerally affected by a movie than the suspiria remake <laughs> I, for for those who don't know, which is no one who's listening to this podcast, 
I started sweating in the theater so bad that I had like got like cold sweats that I had to go sit out in the lobby and then I sat in the lobby and I blacked out for a minute. <laughs> I had to lie down, get a glass of water. I went back into the I felt like I was gonna throw up. Went back into the theater, sat down for a minute, saw a meat hook, thought if that goes anywhere except for an already dead piece of beef, I'm gonna barf. <laughs> and then I realized that I had to leave. So I left. <laughs> I was there with Brenton, and I left him in the theater, um, and then I went up to the bus stop, and I called Ariane, and I cried. And then I got home. I'd lived in my apartment for, like, two weeks. I got home into my apartment, and I forgot to lock my door, and in the middle of the night, it was pitch black in my apartment, and I realized I forgot to lock the door, and I live in a studio, so I could just staring there, standing there in my bed, but I was too scared to get out of bed because the front door flew open when I was, like, walking over to lock it. I was going to lose my mind, so I just <laughs> laid there. It's awful. I, yeah. <laughs> I know, like, yeah. podcasts are audio, so I have to express how I reacted to that through audio, but, like, I'm, I'm just watching you. <laughs> Ellen and I have very similar kinds of anxiety, but sometimes the Venn diagrams do not overlap, and sometimes it's just like... They are not a perfect We look circle. at each other and we're like, oh, you're, you're, you're mentally ill, and it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like, to be clear, that's like with love. That's not us being mean to each other. Mental illness, heart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Should we do our intro? Yeah. Am I going to do it? Oh, I'm not. I'm doing the plot summary, so Ellen, you can do the intro. Okay. Uh, hello, welcome to Two Additional Bowling Girls, the podcast where we watch the uh, classic CBC television series, The Tudors, in 2021. I'm Ellen. I'm Grania. Oh, I'm yeah, Maddie. Maddie doesn't introduce Maddie's himself. Here. Sorry, I forgot about that. Maddie is here. No, in 2021, you guys made me start introducing Well, myself. you speak. You speak enough. Uh, we're on episode seven this week? Yeah, season two, episode seven. It's called Matters of State. Okay. Yeah, you know, like... <laughs> look, me, uh, Any episode uh, Maddie, of the show could be called Matters of State. Okay. Yeah, it's about a king. Um, me and Ellen both agreed, Maddie, this is a good episode. Even though it's like... Like, not good, but it was, like, a lot happened. There's a lot to say about it. It wasn't, like, one of those ones where we're like, what the fuck are we doing? Okay. This one's worth and talking about. I'm excited to announce that for the probably the first time ever, Grunny and I have prepared for what we are going to speak about in this episode yes. of the podcast. Yeah. yeah. Well, we'll see about that. <laughs> also, for the first time, Ellen did not take notes. <laughs> yeah, I didn't take any oh, notes. no. <laughs> yeah. And did you only watch it once? I just watched it once. I didn't take it. Well, but she focused. She focused on usually, it. Usually... I usually have to watch it twice because I am too busy taking notes to focus on it and really digest what is going on. So I just laid on my couch. I turned the subtitles on uh, and I watched the show. Yo, those, those incredibly helpful subtitles. I Famously helpful. The, the subtitles, the problem with the CBC Gem subtitles is that it can't understand people who have accents and that counts British accents and then anyone else who has like 
and French or Spanish like, accents. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Nightmare for the tutors. But like, it's like, it's, it's CBC gem. Um, captions are like set up to only recognize like Canadian accented English. <laughs> <laughs> it's great for watching in with an E and nothing else. Murdoch Mysteries. Yeah. Even that is Murdoch Mysteries set in Canada. Yeah. It's in, okay, it's in the Maritimes. Oh yeah. Yeah. That checks out. No, it's probably in like Toronto. Yeah, right. Upper Canada. Canada. Yorkville. Oh. Um, okay, so I'm going to give you a really quick episode summary. We're not going to go on any tangents from this. This is just, just what happened. Yeah. Um, basically, Anne is very stressed out by everything. She basically does not see a way forward for her while Catherine and Mary are alive. Um, she's so stressed out that she talks to her brother and Mark Smeaton a lot, and her maid definitely thinks she's fucking both of them. Um, th- but her and Henry kind of, like, you know, get back on track this episode. Um, we'll discuss how, but they do get back on track. They sleep together. It sounds like Anne is pregnant by the end of this episode, so that's exciting for her. She's in a way better place at the end of this episode mentally than she is at the beginning. Um, Henry then, also in this episode, Henry meets Jane Seymour. Because he and uh, Charles Brandon stop by Wolf Hall. Um, and then uh, Catherine of Aragon dies. So um, oh. that's sad. She's mm-hmm. very sick and she dies. And then the other things that happen are the monasteries are being dissolved. So everything's just getting stripped from the churches. And then also near the end of this episode, Anne threatens uh, Thomas Cromwell, which bad idea. We know how that's going to go for Famously her. Famously goes great Yeah, so she like says like, you know, I could have you beheaded, basically. And Thomas Cromwell's like, interesting. <laughs> um, Bet. And then I th- think that's sort of like the main points of the episode. There's a lot else that happens. We're going to dive into a lot of things. But um, that Ellen, is there anything I'm missing from that? Big plot wise? I, I didn't take any notes. So uh... perfect. <laughs> no, I think you've got it. It's like, basically, it's like things Anne seems to think things are going well. They're obviously not because we've met Jane Seymour and Thomas Cromwell is getting very, very powerful. Yeah. Uh, and people are relatively unhappy. And then Catherine dies. So yes. how many years pass in this episode? Um, I could not so, that many. A couple months, probably. Okay. Okay. Well, and, now that now that we've gotten to like solid action points, it's like, all right, we can slow down a little bit. Well, Anne sees Elizabeth, like you see Elizabeth mm-hmm. a few times, and like she is a younger toddler and then a different toddler later in the episode. True, yeah, yeah. She, she's <laughs> so maybe like a year. Three maybe a year. and then maybe like five. <sighs> okay. Yeah, so, I can't tell how she, old kids are, so I believe you. <laughs> kids kids are yeah. Kids grow up so fast, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean Mary is like twenty already and she was born mid last season. Like, I don't know. Yeah. No, Mary she was born before the show started. Yeah, 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 she was in the pilot. Sorry. She gets picked um, up in the pilot. But, um, no, I think that's the main plot of the show. Uh, but we've got a lot to cover. Uh, it was a good episode. Like, a lot of plot happened. It was um, relatively entertaining. Yeah. Um, I, you know what? One of the, one of the better ones, yeah. Um, I think we're going to hit, like, a high of, like, episodes being good, and then they're going to deteriorate very quickly. I think we're at the peak of the tutors right now because we've got Anne, like, Natalie Dormer's a good actress. Like, she's, it's not like, the acting isn't the issue in the show. So, like, she's going through a lot. So you got some some fun acting there. 
Henry's kind of like I like I'm I can't lie, I'm curious to see how the Jane Seymour stuff happens. And like, you know, it's like this is gonna be fun for a bit. And then I think once like Jane Seymour dies, it's just oh spoilers. It's gonna be <laughs> just a dro like even then, maybe just like once he marries Jane Seymour, it's gonna be a bit I mean, Joss Stone's gonna show up, like Well, it's just like the thing is is like with Anne to Jane Seymour, it's kind of like this idea, like in history. It's that like he just keeps like going through women, and then Jane mm. Seymour is supposed to be like the one he like truly, truly loves. Yeah. And then she dies, like yeah. tragically. And then he just like, sh- snaps. And then he snaps. So it's like, okay, like, is he just gonna be crazy? Like, how are they gonna make us feel bad for him that his yeah. wife I died, think... but he's so awful? It'll be interesting. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. And. I'm very curious. Um, so in, in terms of uh, talking about how this episode was better than most episodes, mm-hmm. I've pulled up the IMDb episode ratings. Uh-huh. Uh, so far in this season, the first two episodes were 7.9, and every other episode was an 8.0, except for the episode where uh, Henry fucks Madge. His Majesty's Pleasure. That one's 8.4. Oh, fuck yeah. Hell yeah. But but for the last three episodes, they are the three three of, like, the five highest rated okay, episodes that, in the entire Honestly, show. like, that checks that out. Sense. I think Thomas More's yeah. death was, like, very well, like, there's been some, some better moments in the show. Um, so, yeah, I guess we're peaking. Having said that, there's some absolutely batshit moments in this yeah. episode that we really need to talk about. <laughs> I want to start with the very beginning um, where Anne, you know, it's a dream sequence like right away because it's like someone's holding an apple in the woods. You're like, okay, what's up? Anne basically dreams like Thomas Wyatt gives her an apple. She's like, no, no. And then an old woman appears in robes and then her dad's there. And then she looks right into the camera and then she's like all alone. And then there's these like, weird like masked men monster like woods people and then they put her in this like really scary looking like human bottle like cage thing it's like almost like an, it's almost like an iron maiden yeah it's like very frightening and then the masked people like bring her to this like river it's very like pagan and kind of whatever and then um yeah uh Mary shows up and then Mary like burns her in this like wooden thing and then she like floats away down the river burning and then she wakes up and is like freaking out. When she like wakes up, it's like this like really, really close up on her eyes and stuff and it just looks like very like 70s horror like (laughs) it's a very like interesting shot but it's just like so out of character for the Tudors which the rest of the show is like filmed in like soap opera soft, soft focus and this yeah. is, like, very, like, graphic shot of, like, just her eyes. And there's a dramatic lighting. And I was like, hmm, yeah. Dario Argento, uh, yeah. get his coin. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who that is. It's a Suspiria Anne man. Boleyn, other Suspiria. Suspiria man, okay. I only know Dakota Johnson, who will also come up later in this episode. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> She's not in the show, Maddie. Don't, don't worry. I know. Um... Okay, what else happens in this episode? Oh, yeah, I want to talk about the maid who thinks she's sleeping with her brother. It's so funny. It's uh, so funny. Yeah. 
and like talks to George and she talks to Mark Smeaton like a lot and she just like you know has like normal chats with them but then like there's all these like random little moments of intimacy that like the maid will like look at and be like oh my god I can't believe her brother touched her shoulder that means something and it's like oh my god the maid will like she like opens and closes the door and like lets all these people in and then there'll be like a shot of the maid and she's like in the background and she's just like giving this face of pure like and it's so funny because like the maid is man but you can see her eyes are just like oh my god yeah it's also funny because sorry go ahead she's the audience surrogate yeah Yeah. um it's also funny because she'll be like they'll like go behind a like her Anne and george will like go behind a curtain to like discuss how Anne wants catherine dead or like whatever and they'll have like a full conversation and george will be like you gotta chill out like you're fine. You're the queen. And Anne's like, I need Mary and Catherine dead. And then he'll like give her a hug and she, whatever. And then he'll leave. And the maid is like right behind the curtain. And she looks scandalized as if they've just been like hooking up. And it's like, you, you're behind a curtain. Like you can hear them talking the whole time. They did not have time to like kiss even. They were speaking. <laughs> the maid is stupid, but like I respect her. No, oh, no, like, it's very funny. And again, like, the thing is, Catherine's literally, or not Catherine, Anne is literally like, I want Catherine dead. So, like, even if the maid isn't like, oh, she's sleeping with her brother, the maid has every right to be like, oh, my God. Except I love, like, um, you're talking about Anne seeing, like, Mark Smeaton a lot. And there's, like, this scene where she's sitting in front of her fireplace. And then, like, Mark Smeaton is just there. And she's like, I'm sad. I'm, okay, she's it's like, like <laughs> she's she's playing, like, like, the saddest she- song ever on the violin. And then she's like, I'm so sad. And I'm like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) At the same time, it's just like one of those things where it's like, he's like, all right, well, like, why are you sad? (laughs) (laughs) All night. Yeah, he's like, oh, I guess she's the queen. I gotta care about this. And then he gives her like a kiss on the cheek or something. Because he's like like, gay and just like a nice guy. And the maid's like, oh my god. The maid's well, literally gossiping so girl. much. Has she been in any other episode? No. Okay. Every episode, there's like a new like servant person who's vaguely relevant. This episode is two, like Catherine's servant, mm-hmm. who's like so attached to her, and I'm like, who is this woman? We've never met. her. I know who she you? is. I know who she is. She plays Anne Boleyn in Rain, which I've never seen, but we will get to that later because I was talking a yeah, lot about Rain last night. Oh God, will we ever? Yeah. Um. Should I move on uh, to something I really want to make sure we talk about? Yes, yeah. Which is the dance. This is... Yeah. Okay, yep. so... Anne has been, like... Melancholy. Um, Melancholy. And, um... She... It would be melancholic. <laughs> oh. oh my god, for anyone who's listening to this, I don't know what we're referencing. They know. Well, my mom doesn't. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> interview with Jake Gyllenhaal and like the cast of was it Velvet Buzzsaw? Yeah. Velvet Buzzsaw and this man who he's with and I don't know who the man is. He's the director. The director keeps pronouncing the word melancholy, melancholy, and Jake Gyllenhaal loses it. He snaps. <laughs> it's like the tenth interview they've done that day, and he said it in all of them. <laughs> it's just like it's melancholy. <laughs> So Anne is like melancholy and she just like needs to perk herself up. So she like is throwing a like party in her chamber. And like everyone's there, including the man 
Who, who's the man who's very He is an assassin. <laughs> he's the food taster and the assassin. Is he also the assassin? I think he's the assassin. He's the food taster. Well, he should fucking poison the food. What is he doing? No, he's got to eat he's it. So stupid. He's specifically the one who has to eat it. I know, but like he's got access. This man's been doing nothing. He's useless. He's not just going to like chipmunk that like poisoned mashed potato in his like A cheek. true assassin would find a poison that takes a while to set in. Taste it. Say it's fine and end up killing her and himself. If you if yeah. he really meant it. If he was like truly a good Catholic, he'd do that, but whatever. Okay, so Anne's Anne's parties after the scene of them eating and they're specifically refer to the food taster who is the assassin. Yeah. And he has a lot of scenes where he just like looks and it's like, okay, Jesus. He kind of looks like the he looks like the same vibe as the we were talking about this recently with the man who comes out of the toilet in Spice World. Okay, yeah, he same vibe. I think aesthetically he just looks like a member of the St. Louis Blues. Like he's just a dude. No, but but he has that vibe. Yeah, oh, absolutely. You absolutely. know in Spice World where the man who comes out of the toilet is actually sitting in, like, the buffet display with, like, the fruit hat? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. My uncle redacted. Yeah. Um. So, answering a party, everyone's there. It's, like, absolutely lit. Like, the band is going nuts. It's, like, super, super fun. And then Henry comes to the door, and he, like, opens the door, and, like, Everyone stops and they have to bow to him. And then he like he walks across the room and it's like, oh, fuck, like Henry's here. Like, this is going to suck. He's going to break it up. Then he goes over to like the band. Oh, no, he points out first that Mark Smeaton is not playing yeah. his violin. And then he asks the other members of the band to play a, a, a volta. Yeah. So yeah, I was paying attention. Didn't have to write notes. It's all up here. Yeah, that was incredible. That was absolutely incredible. <laughs> Genuinely, I was like, waltz? I don't know. Did they have I'd love to know what in? had to leave your brain for this <laughs> yeah. information to stick. It was work information. It certainly wasn't a stupid other fact. Uh, and then he like goes on the flo- the dance floor and like everyone clears. And then like him and Anne start doing this dance. Um, and it's crazy. He's picking her up. He's throwing her around. It's definitely not historically accurate. Like no one in this era ever did this. Like no one did no this. No one. <laughs> no one did this. And then like the dance is like intercut like and edited in like a montage with like him and Anne having like really angry sex. He slaps okay. her. They slap and each other. Okay. She's like choking him, and it's like very, very Fifty Shades of Grey. Fifty Shades uh, of Grey in this case. Yeah, and it's uh, those. There was a joke, Maddie, about Lady Jane Grey. I know. Okay, good. I know. You didn't. You didn't react. I thought it was funny. That's every episode of the show. I have to do one of those. So. Anyway, just like absolute insanity. That's it. Montage back well, and forth, this crazy dance, this very Fifty Shades of Grey-esque. Like, I can picture Jonathan Rhys Myers as Henry VIII wearing those frickin' Fifty Shades of Grey low-rise Hollister jeans. Like, stop. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it, like, it is because it's like, the thing that reminded me of Fifty Shades of Grey is like that moment of watching these and you going, there are people around. Like, there are other people in this room. Yeah. And there would like be, and it, yeah, the cuts to like very, very rough 
like the slap and the other in the dance at one point he like throws her to the ground and like lands on top of her and then it, like cuts to them in bed in that same position but it's like imagine being in a room like first of all imagine any of this happening but like this crazy dance is happening and then on top of like him picking her up and the spinning and like all the shit that's going on he like grabs her boobs at one point yeah. Imagine after all of that, like just like so so o- over the top, and then on top of all of it, he throws her to the ground and lands on top of her. I'm the like historically accurately dressed person in this room who is like experiencing this all for the first time. Like I'm wearing yeah. like full modest hair covering hood, like a very very large dress in many layers, and I'm watching this happen, and I'm like. And yeah, so they they fuck, and Anne's like, "We're we're having a child, like we're conceiving a child right now." But then she like says to Henry, like right after this, like, "If it, like the only way that this child's gonna like exist or be a boy, I guess, which is what matters to them, uh, is if Catherine and Mary die." And it's like yeah. so weird. It's like they had this like really really like dramatic musical dance choke scene. And then she's like, I want your ex-wife to be dead. I mean, don't we all? I mean, yeah. He doesn't. Where's he going to get his shirts from? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what? Established throughout this whole episode, Catherine, too ill to make shirts. Yeah, definitely. Oh, no new shirts. Yeah, get rid of her canner. What's yeah. the point? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was, uh, that was like... For the rest of the episode, it was, like, a normal show, except for this, like, dance scene. Yeah. Yeah, even the, like, dream sequence at the beginning, like, it's weird, but it's also, like, okay, Anne's obviously gone through some traumatic stuff. She lost a baby. She's stressed out. Her husband's horrible. Like, it makes sense to have this, like, weird dream sequence at the beginning. Putting Mary as this, like, pagan other kind of makes sense as well, because obviously some of this is religious. It's like, okay, like, I can I can do the, like weird dream sequence at the beginning this was absolutely crazy the cuts like you as soon as you thought okay they're done with the dancing bits then go back to the dancing bits yeah you love it you love to see it oh my god i mean it's what we are here for we wouldn't be watching this if it was a good show we wouldn't be watching the show if every other scene was the like no we we want we want at least one of those per uh prep What else happened um, this episode, I guess? What so else we, we have marked down that we want to talk about, Grania? This is not something I mentioned in the episode summary. It's a very small thing. We do visit the Pope briefly. The Pope's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Henry just is a bit lost. He's going to come back to us. Like, he doesn't actually mean the whole Protestant thing, which is, like, true. Like, he he does, he literally only did it so he could marry Anne Boleyn. Like, mm-hmm. he's, you know. So the Pope's talking... The most important thing about the Pope thing is that he says Michelangelo, but he says it normally this time. Like, a few episodes mm-hmm. ago, he was like, Michelangelo? Michelangelo. And now yeah. it's like, oh, yeah, that's Michelangelo. And you were like, oh, my God. I love that. They were like, oh, yeah, Michelangelo. He's just some artist. And you're like, okay, we know who Michelangelo is. Yeah, like, oh, it's, like okay. this, like, it's like this meeting at... The Vatican. Yeah, thank you. I'm like, where does the Pope live? <laughs> Pope House. Pope House. Pope House is on your TikTok house. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's all my like religious Christian TikToks. <laughs> the white smoke comes out of the roof when you have a new TikTok. Yeah. It actually just plays um, music really loudly out of the roof and you don't know how to quit it. Anyway, sorry. I hate TikTok. Um 
they like go to this like meeting in the Vatican and like at, to like set the scene to show that like the meeting was in progress and so they were talking about uh like Henry in England. They're like, anyway, I hired this painter to paint the chapel. It's gonna be crazy. And so I was like, this is expensive. And they're like, he's just a painter. It won't be. And I'm just like, like anyway, what's happening in England? And I'm like, setting the scene. What's happening yeah. in the rest of Europe? Because if you had asked me, was Michelangelo alive? I would say no. Yeah, that's the thing. It is like weird to think about that kind of thing where it's like, I know that Michelangelo was like, you know, somewhere in that like medieval-y era. But you're like, okay, Renaissance. I, yeah, I'm like, he's, I would say, if you asked me, I'd be like, yeah, he was born after Henry V. But then if you'd asked me, like, was he born before Henry VIII? I'd be like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I thought know. he was so it is kind of nice to have some before context. this. I thought he I would have guessed, way before actually, this. I probably would have guessed like 1500s. When is this? If you told me that... <laughs> this is the 1500s. This is the 1500s. Okay, then I was right. Yeah. But that's by chance. That is not because but, I know anything. But if someone <laughs> told me Michelangelo and Shakespeare, like, their life, I, lifetimes overlapped, I would be like, you're lying. Well, okay, the thing that stresses me out, and I know this makes sense because it's like, Shakespeare became the king's man. Like, Shakespeare was alive for, what's his face? James. James. Yeah, James. And James the first of England. James the first of England. James the sixth of Scotland. Exactly. And so it makes sense to me, really, because James then had, James goes into Charles, right? James the first, then Charles the first. I think that's what it is. I might be wrong. There might be someone in between, but it's like relatively soon. And so it makes sense. But like Oliver Cromwell was born the year that Henry V was written. And it just makes me like stressed out because I'm like, Cromwell to me is like, so far after Shakespeare, but it's like he's not. Like he, when Henry V was written, you mean the play? Was, was like, written, like written, yeah, yeah. No, Henry V was Henry long dead. V, and I'm like, girl, I don't think so. No, 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 <laughs> no, no. It was when he was, um, when he was, when it was written, when the play was written. And I'm like, it's weird to me that Shakespeare and Cromwell like overlap. Which again, it's like, no, that makes sense. But it's just, mm-hmm. it's like to me, like Shakespeare, it's like, oh, Elizabethan, and then Cromwell, it's like the monarchy completely dissolves and it's just like really funny that those are so side like so side by side yeah well we have shakespeare in love uh, grania's favorite movie <laughs> Wait, where shakespeare and <laughs> queen elizabeth <laughs> interact ben affleck is ben hot affleck in that hot movie in that, yeah. he is hot normally not always but most of the time that movie really fucked me up because it's like he played christopher marlowe who is also hot. So like, just, I was like, this is bad. This is so bad. I'm really like stressed out by this. This is before I even cared about Shakespeare too. I was just a child. Contemporary, contemporary depictions of Christopher Marlowe looks like. I can't speak on that. (laughs) Everyone at home, take out your phone, your computer, uh, Google, (laughs) search Christopher Marlowe. Okay. <laughs> this is, okay, I, I will say this. I don't actually like think that Christopher Marlowe is hot. The reason I think oh that is Oh my god, guess who, guess who played him in an adaptation? Who? Jamie Cam- Campbell Bowen. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Oh, I don't like that. I don't like that. But he looks like Jeffree Star to me. Um, 
The uh, you know what? To his credit, by referencing him as hot, everyone else in this time had their portraits were so ugly. So yeah. the fact that his is like well, it's like Shakespeare was probably weird. hot. Like you look at Shakespeare's it's, portrait, it's like Shakespeare doesn't look good in that. But you're like, he was probably pretty good looking, considering he looks like fine in most portraits. What earring? Shakespeare had an earring. Shakespeare earring. <laughs> But oh, yeah. um, I'm looking at a picture of Shakespeare right now. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm with Ellen on this How one. How dare you one... ever, ever call any man I've ever had a crush on ugly when you're over here being like, I, I don't. When do I, Ellen, when do I say that? <laughs> True, Ariane does. You don't. You Thank always you. Nice I support me. you. Uh, the, uh, the, I was going to say something about, oh, uh, the historical crush that's actually correct is Lord Byron. Like, he's 100% he was hot. Every portrait of him, you're like, that's just Aaron Taylor Johnson. Like, yeah, he looks weird in them, but it's like guaranteed Lord Byron was hot. Oh, Lord Byron was super hot. Yeah. And that's like usually with those, I'm like, they're like, it's like how I. He sure was. He sure did. Except this one where he's older and looks like Bob Odenkirk in a wig. (laughs) He looks like the Bridgerton brothers. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Um. Okay, uh, what else happens in the Tudors? Catherine dies. She's really good friends with her handmaiden, Elizabeth, um, who, like, is apparently a really big deal in this episode. And I'm like, why? Does that lead to anything? What? Who? Which Elizabeth, handmaid? the, like, handmaiden. The, like, blonde girl. And she, well, she's the real person. Yes. So, um... This character is, like, not in any other episode of The Tudors, and I don't think she's ever going to be in another episode of The Tudors because uh, the character she's attached to in the show dies. Mm-hmm. Um, but this actress um, played... Grindy and I were talking about her last night. I don't know why we were talking about her. It's because I said this, the girl, she plays Anne Boleyn in Rain. She plays Anne Boleyn in Rain. I watched, like, a season and a half of Rain in university, and it's, like, the worst show in the entire world. And so um, I went on the Rain wiki last night just to kind of get reacquainted with it. And, like, the Anne Boleyn character in Rain had its own wiki post, obviously. And it hasn't been years who the actress was. And Granny, like, instantly, like, recognized her. No, I've never <laughs> seen Rain. I haven't I know, but you said that you... I literally just, like, went on this woman's IMDb because I was like, do I recognize her? She's just on the CBC. Like, I haven't seen her in anything, but she's just on, like, CBC shows, so I've probably seen her in ads, like, during hockey games. And, um, no, uh, I just went through her IMDb, because I do that with any kind of new character in case it's, like, something really funny, where it's, like, they were on an episode of, I don't know, The Inbetweeners. That's my dream. That's really what I'm going for. <laughs> that's the dream. <laughs> but, um, uh, but, yeah, so it said, like, Rain and Belen, and I was like, oh, shit, that's, that's notable. Um, Grania or Maddie, have you ever watched Rain? Nope. Absolutely I've been not. to the castle it was filmed at, though. Everyone on the wiki hates the show. Every yeah. fan on the wiki hates the show. I sent you guys some really, really good ones on time. Like, everyone who made... Rain is about Mary Queen of Scots, and uh, mostly Mary Queen of Scots, because it goes throughout most of her life. Um, but, like, the main story that it's, like, telling, and it's a totally fictionalized, is her relationship with Prince Francis of France. Sure. Does in real life do get married, but then he dies of an ear infection. But um, <laughs> that's not funny. That's a very shitty way to die. But LMA. I don't know how he dies in the show when he does not die of an ear infection. But like, that's just, like the main couple in Rain is with like, Mary and Francis, and everyone on the wiki 
hate Will. I hate him so much. Like, the whole show is something about this, like, this, like, romantic storyline, and everyone in the comics is like, I can't fucking wait until he dies. My god. Like, he There's... dies, and he comes back to life, and then he dies again, and everyone's like, oh, I wish I stayed dead the first time. And I'm like, stop watching the show. He comes back to life. What? Does he, like, <laughs> is he presumed dead somewhere, like, in a battle or something? I don't know. I hope that's it, because that's the only... You didn't think to research no. that <laughs> further? <laughs> Discussing it, but fighting. Incredible. Anyway, I watched a season and a half of it. I obviously had to dive back in. This is crazy. I do, uh, do you obviously? Yeah, obviously. Costumes are notoriously awful because they were all like this would be really awful racks with like historically inaccurate. Like they don't even try. Like it makes the pictures look like it's just prom yeah. dress. My um, yeah. my friend Delaney said that one of the dresses was made like out of jean, and she couldn't find a photo of it. But anyone who knows about it, please send. And Ellen, if you do rewatch Rain, yeah, um, yeah, okay, I'll Please, please keep an eye out for the jean dress. But I found a W show, the budget budget wise, I'd be more forgiving for armor because it's like okay, mm-hmm. like you just need it to look like yield battle, like okay, sure. But like yeah. dresses, it's like it's really noticeable if a dress is like like just off the track. And like that's the thing, if they did like a Bridgerton thing, and we're just like we're just gonna be really silly with this, it'd be different. But like I think Rain for a CW show like took itself seriously, so. I don't know. Yeah. It was Anyway. Another cast member to Rain and her sister from Yes. And her the little sister from that, which I haven't seen the Spanish the Spanish princess, but the little sister from that is in the Spanish princess. Okay. I think she may play Mary Queen of Scots. Wow. I think family, that, you know? I'm not positive on that. So, Sister from Narnia, um, the Queen of France is played by the woman who played uh, Anne of Green Gables in the Anne of Green Gables, like, show that used to be on CBC. And with Um, me. And then, not Anne with me, the other one. The one that, like, I did, like, watch it. Like, 12-year-olds. Did anyone else watch that that show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We used to get it from the library sometimes. I don't think I ever finished it, but we did. It came in, like, a huge set. Yeah, it was, like, a miniseries that went on forever. Um, and then the other notable character, Maddie, we were talking about this last night, was one of the characters who I think is Francis's half-brother, played by John Doe from J-Pod. Yes. <laughs> Never saw that. Just countless classic Vancouver actors. Yeah, well, there's that guy, Torrance Coombs, who, like, used to be, that's like, a... that's John Doe from J-Pod. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't watch J-Pod. <laughs> 
Torrance Kings just dated Miss America and they were like Canucks fans. So they were like weirdly active on Canucks Twitter circa like 2012. Uh, <laughs> nightmare. Yeah, nightmare. Part of the community. <laughs> anyway, that's my rain aside. <laughs> um, Please don't watch rain. Don't watch Please rain. Don't we're already watching watch a bad rain. show about Anne Boleyn. You can't do this. There's so many other things you could watch. I'm starting to lose my mind over here, guys. Like, <laughs> Ellen, we go for walks all the time. <laughs> I, my brain is cracking. Last night, Grania and I were texting. I was like, I'm going to go to bed. And so I, I closed my computer, and then I continued to send her stuff on Instagram. Oh, my phone. You did. Um, like, going to bed just means putting away bigger screen. Yeah, you really small screen like, is bed screen. I only then my computer, then my phone, then bed. I only go to work. I only like go in to work two days a week, so I have to get up early those days. But then I work from home the other days. So any day where I'm like working from home the next day, it's like weekend day. I get to get up at seven thirty. Like I, I, I can stay up late, you know. And so it's only on the days where I'm going into work and I have to get up like super early that I like, I'm like, okay, I actually turn everything off at 11 or before that. Um, but yeah, on days like, like I was working from home today. So last night I was like, fucking whatever. If I'm up till one, I don't care. And then I fell asleep at like midnight, but whatever. Hmm. I'm losing my mind. I need something else to watch. I'm going to freaking watch rain. You can watch... Taskmaster on YouTube. Watch Taskmaster watch. on YouTube and then do it. Do what I did this past week, which is watch a season and a half of The Great British Bake Off yeah. and cry during it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Very wholesome. You need to watch The Great Potter's Throwdown. <laughs> I'm going to get through this first. I respect that. <laughs> I'm going to watch Strictly Ballroom one of these days. Oh, That's next yeah. on my list. I'm um, okay. Sorry. Okay. Oh, it's so good. I watched it last week. It's so good. It's so good. It's so good. Ellen, when you said that, I was trying to think back, and I thought, didn't you just watch it like three days ago? That was me. No, that was Grania. Yeah. <laughs> Same shit though. Like me and Ellen at this point, yeah. it's like basically interchangeable. Yeah. Dumb, dumb <laughs> shit. Constant. Like whatever. Me and Ellen were talking yesterday about how, like, being single and living alone during a pandemic and having, like, probably the most social interaction I have is with Ellen, who's just, like, a sounding board for all of my bullshit. It's, like, it's not good for either of us. It's bad. It's really bad. It's really bad because I'm, like, what do I do? It's, like, I just do dumb shit and then I talk to Ellen about dumb shit and then I go home and And then you get inspiration to do her dumb shit. (laughs) Literally. Yes. So We, like, are on a walk and we're, like, Talking about dumb shit, we're gonna do when we get home and then send each other like stuff for us. <laughs> yeah, literally. I can't, I can't wait to get home and I'm gonna Google that and then I'm gonna watch that YouTube video and then I'm gonna do this and I get home and I'm like, all right, plug in. Yeah. I watched today after work. I started this yesterday and then I finished it today. I watched a three hour video on YouTube. What was it about? about an MLM creator. Anti MLM, anti MLM, who joined an MLM. You have to send me that. Incredible, incredible work. The girl who made it it. is actually very good. I don't remember what her username is, but the girl who like made the video, she's like a very, she's very good at YouTube. I'm like, this is the kind of person you. It's like almost like a podcast. She's just kind of like, anyway. So yeah, I as someone who has never been asked to join an MLM, who has no no interest obviously in MLMs, um, 
really into the MLM, anti-MLM community on YouTube. I'm Can you please send me that? I need to watch yeah, I will. it. I will. The girl who joined the MLM, like, she sounds horrible. I'm like, oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> anyway. Um, so, uh, Henry VIII meets Jane Seymour. <laughs> Notably, this Jane. Is Jane sorry? Sorry for you. Is Jane Seymour Jastone Stoners that? No. Not yet? So she. This is, she's Cleaves? not played by the right actress. The person who actually plays Jane Seymour is the woman from Peaky Blinders, Annalise something. Um, but she's very pretty. But the woman who plays Jane Seymour in this is like, I think like younger. Maybe not younger because in this episode, it's a different actress. Wait, sorry, they got two Jane Seymours? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we know it's going to be this the woman from Peaky Blinders. But it's not yet. But it's not yet. It's just a blonde girl okay. who's like they probably just recast her, but they might get away with saying like, oh, she was just like a couple years younger then. So Hester uh, has happened. They know Jane Seymour is going to be a major player. Why? Yeah. That's true. Maybe there was like a scheduling conflict or something, but it's like yeah. you'd think you'd really plan ahead for this because it's like, oh, like other than Anne Boleyn, like like Jane is the the wife he loves the most. Like she's big. She's mm-hmm. the mother of his son. Like it's a big. You know she's next. You know she's next, and you're ra- ra- like wrapping up Anne. You know what's going to happen. They're like, mm, I don't know. Maybe Jane will be a love interest. Maybe we'll just bring in someone new. How insulting to that actress. It's not like, oh, like we went like a different direction with the character. It's like, girl, she exists and looks exactly what you're casting. Yeah. Yeah. This girl just sucked. She did nothing wrong in this episode. She just looked at Henry. She wore a beautiful yeah. dress. Actually, I think that was my favorite look of the episode. She had this like very like like dramatic waist, like golden and white dress. It was just really pretty. Or was it blue and black? Oh my god. <laughs> My favorite look of the episode, which was historically accurate, was when the day after Catherine of Aragon dies, Anne Boleyn like famously wore a yellow dress. And was like, Isn't it such a lovely day, everyone? Yeah, and yeah. The queen died. Yeah. And she was like, it's May Day. Oops. Yeah. Oops. Yeah. It was a nice dress. It was fun. She was wearing a weird headpiece. I didn't like, but yeah. 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 It's the equivalent of wearing white to a wedding. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um. I'm trying to think if anything else like happens in this episode. The monasteries are being demolished. They said they brought a bunch of like people from Breton, Brittany, I guess. Brittany. They say Bretons, which is what they're called. Um, yeah. Have you guys ever seen like Breton language? No. It's fucked up. Oh my I'm god. Because <laughs> it's like Cornish and like Manx and like all those like weird Celtic yeah. ones. I like did my GeoGuessr perfect score in France mission. I got it. And anytime you're in Brittany, you know, because you're like, whoa, like what just happened to French? It's crazy. Does it it's look crazy. like French at all? It looks vaguely like French, but also like if you imagine what like Welsh and Cornish and like Gaelic kind of like, it's it's very weird. It's fascinating. Anyway, um, so they're like, oh, yeah, we brought a bunch of people from Brett- Brittany over because we can't trust Englishmen to like demolish the monasteries. And I looked this up. I couldn't find anything about this happening in real life. And I'm like, what a weird thing to add. Like, maybe I just haven't. I couldn't find the right resource, but I was like, I, this didn't come up when I Googled it. <laughs> this show is literally fucking French. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're yeah. introducing uh, asterisks and asterisks and obelix <laughs> as characters. <laughs> Fuck the Bretons. 
Yeah. Uh, it was really funny. They were like, oh, yeah, these, these like, awful French dudes are going to come desecrate uh, Christianity because English people, they can't be trusted to do that. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, maybe this is true. That's the thing. It's such a, like, specific detail. I'm like, that must be based on something. But I'm like, I Googled it, mm-hmm. and it was just like, here's a bunch of sources that don't include the word Brit- Brittany or Breton. And I'm like, uh... Okay. You know how we feel about something that seems like it could be, it's so crazy, like it must be historically accurate, and then you look it up and you're like, this is not based on a true story, I'm serious. That was yeah. just a choice. Yeah, they just did that. The prime yeah. example of this, and sorry to go off topic, but the prime example of this is the, uh, where hands touch, the Amandala, whatever her name is, <laughs> George yeah. Rakai, Nazi Man, love Holy shit, the Nazi movie. It's so Have we talked funny. about this on this podcast before? I don't know. It's the maybe like in an we early did, we episode. Did. And it's like, oh, like, uh, oh, we forgot to ask for questions. I should do that now. Um, <laughs> now nah, we'll just get them next. I think week. we had the yeah, We did, yeah. Like, Casper asked us something. But no, that. So you explain the Nazi like, thing. Where hands such is this movie, and it's like this interracial love story in Nazi Germany between. Uh, a black girl and a Nazi and you were like when you're watching the movie you're like this is so freaking crazy this must be based on a true story because it's the thing is it's bad it's but you're also like okay like like this must be based on something so they were like well, well let's make a movie and it's like you don't need to make the movie but okay it's like this woman's life like okay and then it's like this is like kind of based on true events because there were black people in Germany in the 1940s and you're like uh, uh yeah like, anyway it's <laughs> It's so over the top. And you're like, this is one of those stories that's so over the top. I'm going to find out true. Like, that's the only way I was trying to even write a story that's far, that far fetched. Someone wrote. Someone wrote that. Some Wattpad. It was fans honestly fans. like, who who allowed that? Okay, let me just shoot that. Anyway, I can't wait until Arian comes to Vancouver and uh, we chug a bottle of wine and then watch, watch that it. movie. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah, and whenever we're all allowed to like travel and drink wine and meet as if that's ever going to happen. I'm allowed to drink yeah. my right. gluten-free beer. <laughs> you, COVID restrictions specifically block anyone from drinking wine. Grania gets the COVID vaccine and like the side effect it has on her is she can now drink wine again. You know what, that'd oh. be good. If I would love to, for it to give me like one random food item back. Imagine if it wine. was like lentils. <laughs> I'd be pissed. <laughs> You're like I like lentils right. a lot, but like I'd be pissed. <laughs> Not that much. No. Uh, do we want to do our airmail? Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um. I I'm just gonna check here if there's anything like really important that we haven't discussed at all. Um. Da, 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 da. Where's Henry Cavill at? Uh, oh, he he's there. Hunting with Henry. He's like, let's stay at Wolf Hall, and I'm like, oh my god, Wolf Hall. I know that's what, kind of one of the, there. That's kind of one of the things that happens when they're hunting is like um, they go hunting and like Henry didn't tell Anne and then Anne pretends to know that she's like, oh yeah he told me about that and then it cuts to a scene of like Jonathan Rhys Meyers like murdering a boar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And it's just like no he is so crazy he, like <sighs> we're supposed to like stay convinced throughout the show that like this is a like sexy desirable man and like he's so horrifying he's they got to keep something in there for the for the dudes keep the lads interested then show henry cavill murdering the boar yeah men love that um henry cavill's there 
They're hunting. And yeah. whenever they go okay. to Wolf Hall, uh, obviously, like Charles Brandon goes in first to like announce the king, and he just walks into this man's house and he's like just yelling like Sir John, Sir John, where are you, Sir John, Sir John? And this man comes out and he's like, "Whoa, Charles Brandon, what are you doing in my house?" And Charles Brandon's like, "We got the king." <laughs> He's here. It's very funny. And then at the end of the episode, they invite the Seymours to court. And it's like, uh-oh. Uh-oh. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Henry introduces himself to Jane in like the super, I mean, on par for him. Like creepy as fuck. Like he like touches her hair and he's like, hello, Jane. And it's like, you just met her. No, she like bows down. Like she bows down really low and he kind of like pulls her back up. Yeah. By her hair? By her shoulders, but her hair is cascading. Yeah, yeah. Um, And then, uh, oh, so yeah, Anne threatens Cromwell. She's like, I don't like what you're doing um, with the church and whatever. And she's like, you, you know, I could have you executed. And he's like, crazy, I could have you executed. Um, And then Catherine dies. Uh, She writes her will or says her will out and like signs it with Elizabeth's help. Elizabeth, who matters, and this random blonde woman, anyway. And then Henry reads the will and is, like, notably sad. Like, he's very upset because Catherine's like, even though you've hurt me so much, like, I forgive you and I want God to forgive you. And, like, I love you even though, like, obviously things have been very bad between us. And Henry's, like, very upset. And she's like, I just want you to be, like, a good dad to Mary. And, like, clearly he will. Kind of. And um, and so, yeah, he's upset and Anne's like, oh, my God, sunny dress. And he's like, he's, he's gutted. Yeah. What's she die of? Being in bed. Ill health. Uh, <laughs> she's like, not like in the bed, like, sickness or uh, I am so weak. Uh, that's it. That's what she dies of. Um, yeah. Okay. So airmail. I just tweeted, but we probably aren't going to get any questions because no one who follows me on my main account engages with this podcast, which I love. <laughs> <laughs> Georgia Twist does uh, Kevin sometimes does and like literally no one else and I I love that for us <laughs> everyone everyone who follows me is simply like I don't see it <laughs> um, so Casper sent us a very thought provoking um, airmail uh oh hello this airmail is in response to Sid's airmail regarding the Tudor slash the crown as fan fiction. I will accept this premise as I felt that logic laid out on the podcast was quite convincing. I don't remember what we said, but I trust, <laughs> trust Casper. Okay. However, I was once told by a friend of the pod, Sid, and star of the pod, Ellen, that spoilers for the crown can't exist because it's about history. Is that still true if the crown and the Tudors are actually fan fiction about history? I would argue that fan fiction can be spoiled, even if you're familiar with the plot of the original media. Warm regards, Casper. And I think that's true because it's like, it's like. Spoilers, Michelangelo was alive. <laughs> Spoilers, Anne Boleyn dies. But it's like, I guess there, that there's, there's something to be said for that where it's like, the spoilers are like, they um, have very like, violent sex while it is intercut with a dance scene. Like, that's a spoiler for the episode. The spoilers are anything that isn't canon. Yeah. No, I think in all seriousness, the spoilers are, if you're, like, the average person, like, watching the show is familiar with, like, the big events. Like, they know Anne Boleyn gets uh, beheaded and, like, he's got six wives. And it's, like, the events leading up 
to like those things that they're not necessarily familiar with. So it's like you could spoil those. Yeah, I guess. and that's true. Like even with the crown, like I, you know, like we weren't alive for it. But like mo- a lot of that stuff, where it's like yeah, like Diana dies, but like things like Charles cheating on her like the way i mean i haven't seen the crown i don't know why i'm acting like i've seen the crown but like i <laughs> me speaking with the show i have not watched um but it's like charles like the way he cheats on her or like the like when it's when him and camilla start like it's like that kind of thing it's like that can be spoiled even if you or know like the guy who uh like broke into buckingham palace twice yeah like, yeah yeah, yeah like i don't know about that crazy but yeah, so like, uh, so there yeah, can be spoilers. There can be spoilers. You can't, you can't, yeah, you can get spoiled for these things. There can be spoilers for anything if you're dumb enough to not know about it. There's, you know, every day I get spoiled. I walk into life and I go, whoa, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> but like, there are some like historical events and stuff that like people know nothing about or you don't know very much about because it's not like your area of history that you're like interested in. And so like, for someone yeah, who's like really when in- Michelangelo was alive. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And it's like, it's true. true as well because it's like Shakespeare in Love is historical fan fiction. Like, it, it's more fan fiction y than much historical fiction. And it's like one of those things where it's like, I could absolutely get spoiled for Shakespeare in Love because it's like the end of that movie's fucking stupid. You know? Like, <laughs> these are fictional people. Except for Shakespeare and the Queen. Well, also, you don't know in a uh, historical, like, fan fiction-esque show when they're going to deviate from... Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And, like, even, like, even things like adaptations of other fiction, where it's, like, it's just an adaptation, it's not fan fiction, it's, you know, Pride and Prejudice. If I'm seeing the 2005 one for the first time and Lizzie's going for a walk in a field at the end, I don't necessarily know that she's going to meet Darcy. Like, that's not... And mm-hmm. so seeing Darcy is still like, oh my god, like he's, they're going to do this at sunrise? Amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I gotta watch that movie. Uh, uh, my, oh, speaking of spoilers so and things like that, so you tweeted, someone tweeted, I think it was Grania, on the thing about Henry VIII's grave, and it said, like, Tudor yeah. spoilers, Henry VIII dies, and my dad, like, lost his life. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Mike. That was so funny. <laughs> yeah, so to answer your question, Casper, Mike... Mike says, "Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can get spoiled. Yeah. You can get so spoiled. I, I, I agree with Casper. I think it's it, there's a lot of gray area because it's like some things are historical fiction, some things are historical fiction the way the Tudors is, which is mostly accurate, even though it's bad shit. And then there's things that are historical fiction the way Shakespeare in Love is, which is like, what if Shakespeare fell in love with Gwyneth Paltrow and she played Juliet? You know, like, what if Shakespeare is hot? That's the fanfic. He's not. Are you it. kidding me?" <laughs> He's not hot. Like Joseph yeah, he's hot. Uh, he's just like, uh, play the clip. Maddie, edit this in later. Me, edit this in later. <laughs> edit Grania saying Shakespeare's hot. Well, it's like Shakespeare Kinda was probably weird. hot. Like you look at Shakespeare's it's... portrait. It's like Shakespeare doesn't look good in that, but you're like, he was probably pretty good looking. Shakespeare, <laughs> Shakespeare did say earring. Yeah, literally like 20 minutes ago, I was like, Shakespeare's hot. I meant, it's like the way Henry V is hot, but Kenneth Branagh and Timothy Chalamet aren't. Shakespeare's hot, but Joseph Fiennes not hot. I really, sorry, we need to talk about Kenneth Branagh for a second because I think this is something that's really important to me. You know how he's Professor Lockhart in yes. Harry Potter? Imagine how good that would have been if Hugh Grant was uh, Professor Lockhart. He was going Lockhart. to be. He was going to be. Oh my God. It would have been, uh, he would have been so good. 
it would he would have had his Paddington moment years ago, you know? Yeah. But we would now he's, he's, great Paddington is not a turf. So I like that he, yeah. he can be have his, his Paddington moment mm-hmm. surrounded by people who are good. <laughs> no, like looking back on it kind of like, oh, you know, it's like no Paddington's Paddington's a chance. Good. We loved Paddington. Paddington starring um the guy who looks like Rob Bryden. <laughs> Who's in something that I watched recently? <laughs> That's it. And oh, he's he, uh, the guy who's going to be Captain Wentworth in the new Persuasion, also in Paddington. Great. Yeah. And Peter Capaldi. I know they skin announced the casting. Capaldi, I've already forgotten who he is. Joel who's Fry. Playing Wentworth. He's the um, right. the friend in Yesterday. Yeah. He was in something else I've seen as well. He's one of those people where I'm like, he's never been in something where I'm like, he's handsome in it because he's always playing like a goofy guy. But like, I bet like he could. I bet he could be quite handsome. So I'm excited. Captain Wentworth, notable goofy guy. Stop! Literally the most miserable one. I mean, you know what? It lines up with like the Jane Austen like film miniseries adaptations of like casting an otherwise goofy oh. actor in the sexy romantic lead. Men whether love whether or not they were goofy before or after. Men love to step up for their Jane Austen moment. Like Matthew McFadden, handsome man absolutely like st- like so hot as darcy he johnny flynn it's like johnny flynn's like he's hot but he's also like kind of ridiculous you know he's a weird dude but as as knightley it's mr like, knightley what? yeah yeah i'm looking so, at my picture of him as mr knightley framed on my wall as we the speak. guy in the um <laughs> the guy in the bbc northanger abbey um which is like fine it's better than the bbc persuasion i don't particularly care for the bbc persuasion um the he is the guy he looks like kind of like tom hiddleston like he's cuter than tom hiddleston but not as hot does that make sense i don't i'm not to be clear which one is this northanger abbey and i don't know i think he's he's kind of like like a baby face tom hiddleston and it's like he's one of those people i see him in other things and i'm like whatever but in in northanger abbey he did he was good as mr tilney or whatever is he goofy now? I don't know. I don't know. Henry. I know exactly what you mean that he looks like Tom Hiddleston, but he isn't. <laughs> yeah. His name is J.J. Field. J.J. He's from Colorado, which is incredible. Um, he was in Captain America, so he is very similar to Tom Hiddleston. Um, has I, have I seen him in anything else? He was in Austin Land, which is funny. Not the movie. I don't know if the movie's funny, but it's funny that he was in Austin Land. Um, I don't know what that is. Oh, I do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't think I've seen him in anything else. Actually, I don't know why I was so sure that he was not hot in other things because I've literally only seen him in Northanger Abbey. I guess I've technically seen one of the Captain Americas. I just don't remember it because it was so long ago. He's in Ford v Ferrari, Dawn of Justice. <laughs> All of us silent. All of us silently <laughs> looking at the Ford v Ferrari uh, IMDb page. <laughs> uh, in the movie Centurion from 2010, starring Michael Fassbender and Dominic West, he played someone named Fax. 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 D H A X. Okay, that's like an asterisk character's name. I don't like asterisks. 
Asterix is what I was reading whenever my little brother was born. So I always think about, every time I think about Asterix, it's like Tintin and Asterix. We were reading all these, we were staying with our friends who were French. So they were trying to teach my sister and I French. And um, we just had all these French Asterixes and Tintins. And we were just reading the hell out of them, kind of understanding it. I was seven, so. I was probably, you know what, I was probably at my best French-wise when I was seven. So maybe I was understanding a lot more. And then uh, Kevin got was born, so. Back to J.J. Field. Okay. Uh, very, most important role is that uh, he was in the Netflix original series, Turn Up Charlie, which is the Idris Elba DJ show. Oh, okay. <laughs> I forgot that existed. I have never heard of it before. This is the first time I'm hearing of that. <laughs> um, someone else was in that, I swear. Hold on. Other than Idris Elba. Uh, Piper Parabo from Coyote Ugly. Rina Sawayama's in it? Okay, legend. <laughs> okay, yeah, I don't know. I don't know who yeah. else is in it. Yeah, I've literally never seen like review coverage or media coverage yeah. or heard of anybody watching this show. Or have it one of the things where I remember everyone being like, this, like last year. this is happening. This is coming out. Very funny for Idris Elba. And then I don't remember hearing anything else about it until right now when Maddie said JJ Field was in it. <laughs> it's got a. Uh, 52% on Rotten Tomatoes and a 4.8 audience rating score on Google. <laughs> so mixed reviews. So it's probably, you know what, it's probably better than a lot of shit we watch. Probably better than Rain, Ellen, so you should watch that first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Ellen, before you're allowed to watch Rain, you have to watch every single TV show that is ranked higher yeah. on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Ellen gets really into The Wire. I hear good things. No, it's 2021. <laughs> we get really into The Sopranos a year after everyone yeah. else did. Again. I'd like to watch both The Wire and The Sopranos, so I'm busy watching The Tudors, though. So. Too bad you famously do not have, have HBO anything. and never will. I never will have HBO. I will just suffer. There's a lot of good stuff on CBC Gem when I was uh, There's a lot of good stuff on CBC Gem. What's it called? The Who Wants to Be a Millionaire TV show with Matthew McFadden that was on in... This past year, it's on CBC Gem. Mm -hmm. My parents had to tell me that because my mom invited me over to their house to watch it, and then she found out that they deleted it off the PVR. Um, what's that called? It's called Millions Quiz. Quiz. Millions. <gasps> right. No, that's billions. Is, billions is a show with what's his face. Billions um, is a show with billions yeah. is a show with that man, the man Damien Lewis, who is dating. Who is he dating? Uh, the woman from Peaky Blinders. I just googled yeah. Quiz. Full circle. <laughs> It's not like the same woman different woman oh. it's like googling pavement and then switching over to image search without putting fan <laughs> uh, yeah um something we have both done we've both done that uh mm. claire from fleabag is also in quiz mm. nice. yeah yeah and helen mccrory yes. who is dating damian lewis oh, <laughs> Damien Lewis, who played Henry VIII in the TV show Wolf Hall. Oh my god. <laughs> it's a big Damien Lewis episode. Damien Lewis, uh, who also and is Damian Lewis, Band of Brothers. Star of ba Band of Brothers, which is same production team as Saving Private Ryan, which uh, did not win Best Picture and lost to Shakespeare in Love. Shakespeare in Love. Love. But the other thing about Band of Brothers is you know where that title's from? Henry V. So, uh, yep. this, Damien Lewis is really, he's really connected to everyone. 
Henry the, and Henry V has never been played by someone who Grania considers hot. <laughs> no, nope, never. Jude Law, but that was on stage. Yeah. So fucking. And you know who else Grania does not consider hot? Jonathan Rhys Meyers. Full circle. Oh my god, the connections are crazy. <laughs> what a tangled web. Played Henry V. Grania would lose her mind. Holy <laughs> shit! <laughs> like Timothy, like bothered me because it was like, okay, like thanks like this is this is not for me but like whatever. and also it was not henry v it was it wasn't henry that v fan it was neither it was neither it was neither history and it nor shakespeare and it was just like do one don't do both i'm gonna do a speech and then he does like a different speech and it's like holy shit <laughs> the audacity but we still got rob in it so uh it was worth it <laughs> yeah wait damien lewis played lord capulet in that shitty romeo and juliet with what's his face yeah his yeah, face? yeah okay Douglas Booth and Haley, whatever her name is. Haley Steinfeld. Kevin, my yeah. little brother, whenever they read Romeo and Juliet in class, he was, like, so excited because they were going to watch, like, the Leonardo DiCaprio movie, obviously. And then they, like, watched that one. He was like, what the fuck? Because, <laughs> like, the old one's good. The uh, Leonardo DiCaprio one's good. The other, like, why? Anyway, sucks for him. It's the worst. It's the worst one available. Yeah. The new one is the worst one available. Okay, this is coming Damian from Lewis... someone who loves Romeo and Juliet, no matter what it is. That one was bad. This looks oh, like a good movie. What? Damien Lewis plays a hitman who has second thoughts about his career and seeks refuge from his boss by finding work as a baker in a rural Welsh village. It's called The Baker. I think I'm going to watch that. That sounds like a drama <laughs> movie. <laughs> It does. <laughs> to be fair, it it does. I'm gonna watch that. <laughs> uh, <Ugh>. Okay, <laughs> I think I've talked enough about Damian Lewis today. <laughs> do we uh, do we have anything else? Or should we wrap it up? I think we're I think we're good. I didn't get any airmail as expected. Um, yeah, I think right. I think we're good. Uh, yeah. No, I. We're continue on episode eight, season two next week. It's going well. Uh, We're on the highest rated episodes of the Tudors ever, so it's only downhill after this, apparently. Yeah, Jonathan Rhys Meyers Briggs test. So frightening. So frightening. Worse or worse? Getting worse? Not getting worse. Christian? He looks. He has not. He has looked so much worse than he did in this episode. I'll give him that. The hair right. was not notable, which is, I think, a positive thing. Mm -hmm. he needs to go back to the buzz cut that was way better looking than whatever he's got now i think he looks really snake-like when he's got a buzz i don't like the like fluffy i don't know i, I hate that's it like, so i wouldn't call it fluffy it's very gelled it's poofy you can tell they're trying to gel it down but it's yeah poofy. it's not, not in a fun way not in a good way no we love fluffy hair but not on him uh henry cavill's yeah. hair looks great yeah henry cavill looks amazing yeah as always as always um okay. any predictions i think Anne's dead in a couple of weeks i don't think she's 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 i think the last shot of the season is going to be the axe she's killed with a sword you know what i mean they brought in the french guy yeah the french dude. when you're nice killed stuff. with a sword you don't kneel down you sit up yo <laughs> and they do it like mm -hmm. sideways i was reading it last i was Shit. on the rain wikipedia page <laughs> the rain sorry <laughs> wikipedia page. the rain wiki they were talking about, because um, there's this thing, and they are talking about how, like, someone made a reference, or, like, maybe it was historical, I don't know. There was a reference to, like, practice laying your head down on, like, a log to be, like, beheaded. 
But then someone in the comments is like, Anne Boleyn did not have to do that because when you're beheaded with a sword, you do it when you're like sitting up. Thanks, Rain Comments section. Yeah. They know their shit. Yeah. Horrifying. And that's why they're so mad about that show. Yeah. It's so <laughs> they know their shit. inaccurate. <laughs> Except that they think all of the costumes are great. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Crazy. Crazy. Uh, I don't, yeah, Anne will, the season finale has to be Anne dying. Yeah, I think that's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's all leading up. Because she's also pregnant right now. I think next episode she's not going to be pregnant. It's going to derail her. Henry's going to be pissed. Henry's going to be like, yo, I found a blonde girl. Never married one of those before. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, uh, where can you find us? Find us at on Twitter at Girls. We take airmail anytime. No promises on when it'll get answered because no promises on when we record, but we will answer it for sure. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Holgranya. And find me at Lily Blah, Maddie. No, that's season three business. Okay. So I'm introducing yeah. myself now. <laughs> um, okay. 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 My phone just lit up to say it's recording, which is good, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know what sparked that. It's like, yeah, I sure hope right. it's recording. Yeah. Yeah, Granny didn't record, so let's start again. Hi, welcome to Additional Bolingo. Okay, so Damien Lewis. Um, <laughs> Okay. Here's what you missed. Ellen, we're going to make Ellen watch Billions. <laughs> starring Damian Lewis and Paul Giamatti. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. Um, thanks, guys. Can't wait Bye. for next week. Bye. <laughs>